0: What if I told you that there's a cure for chronic pain? Yes, for that pain, you were told you would just have to manage. And what if I told you that that cure is already inside of you? Would you believe me? Welcome to the Let's Talk Mind Body Healing podcast, where we talk about how to truly alleviate chronic suffering. I'm your host, Felicia Jarimus and I'm really pleased to be here with you today for episode seven of the podcast. Wow, I cannot believe we are already seven episodes in. I have an amazing guest interview for you this episode, uh, which is an absolute treat. So in this episode, I talk to Liz Bills, who is a singer-songwriter from the U.S., and this episode is pretty special for multiple reasons. Liz is such a deep thinker and such a wise voice, uh, and she's been in this mind-body kind of healing journey for multiple years now, and something that is really special is that Liz is actually still experiencing some all-over body pain. So you get to hear from someone who is really in the midst of it. She's made some really great uh, strides in overcoming uh, muscle tension dysphonia that she was experiencing in her throat Uh, but she speaks about feeling like she still has more healing to do and we discuss such a wide range of topics right through from physical healing, emotional healing and spiritual healing And Liz really does have some amazing, incredible advice and wisdom to share with you. So so I'm going to read you out her bio and then I will play my regular disclaimer, which I play at the start of every episode because your safety is obviously a priority. And then I will get on to the show. So Liz Bills... Known for her entrancing high-energy performances and emotionally charged power vocals, passionate and honest in her songwriting and stage presence, Liz is unapologetically brave yet incredibly vulnerable and real, taking you on a wild ride that is intoxicatingly sweet and dangerously ferocious. Highlights include the 2020 Boston Music Awards Singer-Songwriter of the Year nomination, Winning Roots Act of the Year in 2019 and Rock Act of the Year in 2018 for the New England Music Awards, opening for Bon Jovi at Mohagan's Sun in 2017, runner-up in the 2016 Aloft Rising Star with Daughtry and Assembly finalist appearance in the WZLX's 2016 Rock Rumble. Liz was also a top 30 female finisher in the 2013 American Idol competition, and has been compared to singers such as Grace Potter, Jenna Stroplin, Florence and the Machine, and Susan Tedeschi. So there you have it. Um you can find Liz's music also um, online. I'm obsessed with her song Why Hi, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, but it's yeah, I'm obsessed with it. And there was something else to say. Oh yes. I do have to apologize, Liz, if you're listening. I did actually record this episode quite a while ago, so it has been on the back burner sort of ready ready to go it was actually one of the first ones I recorded um sorry Liz uh but everybody here it is now I hold my doctorate in education but I'm not a medical doctor all the content I provide in any medium including but not limited to this podcast is for informational purposes only. No content provided by me is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The purpose is to promote broad understanding and knowledge of various health topics. If you choose to use any information provided by me, you do so solely at your own risk. Always seek the guidance of your doctor or qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health or a medical condition. Do not embark on a mind body healing journey until you have clearance from your healthcare practitioner to do so, and until you have discussed how to apply mind body healing to your own individual case with your healthcare practitioner. Okay, so welcome to the Let's Talk Mind Body Healing podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Jaromis, and today I am here with Liz Bills, who is a singer, songwriter, and vocal coach. So thank you, Liz, for agreeing to come and have a chat with me today. Uh, thank you for having me. So just to get us started, um, can you introduce yourself to our listeners, Liz? Tell us a little bit about who you are and...
1: yeah my name is liz um you know i live in uh i live outside of boston massachusetts in a little town called Haverhill. and i am a music teacher i get I, you know i teach uh, vocals for a living piano and guitar and songwriting um and i am also a singer songwriter and i'm coming out with a new record this summer which is exciting um and a lot of people know me um from my muscle tension dysphonia story so i'm a singer who also has struggled with um, uh, muscle tension dysphonia and also have figured out how to essentially overcome it. But it's complicated.
0: (laughs) It was exciting. I like a complicated story. (laughs) So that's actually why I have invited Liz onto the show. So I actually sort of found Liz through a YouTube video that she has about her muscle tension dysphonia and sort of coming across mind-body healing so maybe we'll get into that a little bit um so can you give our listeners a rundown of the types of symptoms you experienced and at what ages and sort of how it affected you
1: yeah um so i'm 35 now and the symptoms started around 27 years old um and the symptoms were uh, intense burning in my throat um Even soreness, when I would look at my throat, it would be like black and blue sometimes. Oh, wow. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. um, So it was just scary. And it was also emotionally terrifying as a singer. And I was at Berklee College of Music, which is a very um, intense college in America, um, where... Yeah, was, the stress was brutal, and I was also in an abusive relationship at the time, and I was also starting my career as a teacher, and I just basically dived in, and I had no idea what I was doing, and that, and all of a sudden I was talking, talking, talking all of the time, um, where usually I'm very introverted and shy, so I, you know, I was not used to uh, using my voice so much um and then i think the other thing that exasperated it was i was in a rock and roll band gigging with high um, intensity power vocals um so that's the perfect storm for uh i guess the creation of muscle tension dysphonia um but when i got it uh i would go to the doctor and they would just tell me it was acid reflux um they'd give me the pills or they would say that i'm not very like one doctor said I was not young and resilient anymore, which I find, um, <laughs> I find that he would say that to a 27 year old singer and then maybe that's why I've had. Yeah. Just. And I could, You're
0: really, you're really just starting. are Not you at 27.
1: Yeah. So I don't know why he's, he's, I remember him specifically saying your vocal folds are not like that of like, you know, someone younger, uh, So, you know, just right away, like going into Western medicine and just being met with a lot of, I think, negativity and also. There's um, a lot of
0: fear in that, isn't there? That, you know.
1: Yeah, so he's already presenting to me that my body is broken and there's really nothing that I can do. um, And it's just because I'm old or something. Um, So, right away, Western medicine, I just felt like it had a very narrow sort of viewpoint on. on what was going on with me. And so I kept going to different ENTs and telling them, this is not acid reflux. I don't want to take the acid reflux pill. Can you tell me something different? Um, And I think after like three of them, I went to Mass General Hospital with Dr. Burns um, and Dr. Burns treats like Adele and Steven Tyler and all the big stars. Mm He's Also, you know, in the forefront of, you know, the mind and body sort of healing and also, I guess what I'm trying to say is they're like the best of the best in the vocal field, at least in where I am. Um, And so that was when I got the muscle tension diagnosis. And um, I noticed some relief right away with the great speech um, therapy team there. They're very organized. Um, They listened to me. Uh, I felt like a person there. They're very positive. Um, But then again, like, then I ran into that issue where I was maybe like 60, 70% healed. But then at the end of the day, I was still having um, chronic pain. Um, And Mass General Hospital really wasn't able to maybe address that for me. Um, Maybe a little bit, they said, are you holding tension in your body? And that was the first time I like took a look at my face. And I was like, wow, I'm, I'm holding my face, or I'm holding my jaw. And then I noticed I really just hold my whole body in tension. Um, and that was maybe the first step into seeing, you know, that there is a mind connection to this as well. Um, not just, it's not just a physical problem. Yeah. It's an emotional problem.
0: Certainly. I'm just going to jump back to one thing you said, you said something, which I thought was really interesting. You said it was the first time you felt like a person, uh, um, at the, is there anything else you wanted to comment on that, about your experience with that? Um,
1: yeah, I feel like a lot of times, when I in my experience, I think I didn't feel like a person in the sense where I feel like a lot of doctors don't have the bedside manner; they're unable to um, to comfort me um, and to call me by my name um, and kind of really see me as a person. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Mass General Hospital was able to see me every week. Um, You know, my speech therapist, she really seemed like she cared about me. We developed, you know, relationship um, where I felt seen and heard. Like I would say something like, and she would uh, validate that instead of a lot of doctors saying, oh, no, no. uh, Or just not really validating any of my feelings or thoughts about the healing process.
0: Yeah, I think that's unfortunately such a common story. It's something you hear kind of over and over again that, you know, I just didn't feel like a person. I just wasn't listened to. Or, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's like that, they probably don't teach it in school, so it's not really their fault. But, you know, this idea that it's very powerful if you come in to the patient with a lot, you're looking in their eyes, you call them by their name. Um, mm-hmm. You're kind, uh, and you're listening to them and validating their feelings, and then also, if, if the one more level to that is why not radiate positivity and give your patient hope. You oh, yeah. So many times I'd go to the doctor, and I just met them, and they would say, "Oh, you're a cr- you should." One doctor said, "Oh, you should um quit singing," and I just met her. Like, <gasps> oh, how terrifying this? for you! Yeah, I'm like, why would you plant all of these seeds of like? hopelessness into my brain like the placebo effect is so real like so that's why I'm always dishing out positivity and hope because Mm. I think that's part of healing
0: I think with these chronic illnesses there's often the the initial mind-body thing that started it but then there's also a layer that goes on top of fear and fear of the symptoms and fear that oh my god am I going to be like this forever and then I think that just perpetuates it for sure
1: yeah fear and hopelessness and this idea your body's broken and yeah it's like a real place of lack and and fear yes
0: yeah so we were at you had said that you had noticed you were carrying a lot of tension in your body and that's where you had sort of thinking about the mind so where did it go to from there
1: yeah it's been quite like the evolution and it's still evolving (laughs) as I go through my life but um um so yeah she they left me with okay this is all we can really do like a mass general they're saying oh you're holding tension in your body why don't why don't you go to the chiropractor um so then i went there um i guess this is before i realized it was emotional so i was just like mm-hmm. oh this is like a body problem so yeah yeah um, i went to the chiropractor and i oh uh, he was uh, the first one i didn't like so then i went to um another one and he's the doctor that made me realize that he was really just um, spewing out positivity and hope to me uh, about. I'm like, this is the kind of doctor that I will see, and any other kind of doctor, I'll mm-hmm. fire. Um, and how I knew this to be true was, I would say, "Can I heal?" Um, and he would look at me and you know hold my shoulders or whatever and say, "Yes, you can. Like this is not a big deal. Like you'll be fine." And say all these like light positive things, and I'd be like, "All right." And then I noticed he was doing that because one day I went in to see him and he had um, his substitute there and the, um, the guy in his place, he was all sweaty when he was trying to treat me. He was saying, oh my God, you have a chronic uh, condition. It's so hard to fix. And, and then like, and I was like, wow, right away, I could see like the two different styles. Difference. Yeah. And if I was with that other guy, maybe I wouldn't have gotten to, you know, the next level of healing because he's in, implanted this belief, like in my mind, that's kind of like, I think beliefs are like, could be like a disease, like if it's a bad belief or whatever. So, all right. So I went to the chiropractor and for six months I saw him three times a week. Um, and he, the doctor explained that I had like a pain loop um, going on in my body. Mm-hmm. We needed to break that loop. And I was eating 20 cough drops a day. Um, and by the end of that, I was not eating cough drops anymore. Um, but I still had chronic body pain. So I guess the next endeavor was, I think I started to realize that my body pain, where some doctors would call it muscle tension dysphonia, which is true and to an extent. Other doctors would try to label it as fibromyalgia. Um, that's another mm-hmm. one. that term has been thrown at me a lot. Um I don't know when it happened i just had an epiphany i'm like my god this is my anxiety um and this is the pain that's like in my body it's gotten so bad that my body is expressing itself it's expressing all of the anxiety and the fear um physically in my body and trying to tell me to slow down stop and like be with myself um so that's when i started i mean i've had mental health problems for most of my life and I'm no um, stranger to like therapy and like, um, you know, retraining cognitive distortions and such, but that's really my journey now um, is understanding that my physical chronic pain is really um, an extension of my emotional pain and also how I think and how I operate through my life um, is an indicator of how what's going on in my mind. um yeah and I think my work is like just to peel back the layers so to take the fear layer off of the pain um and to not so that um gives the pain less power um so that's one thing that I've really worked hard on doing I lost my train of thought but
0: (laughs) (laughs) so how long would you say you've been sort of working in the mind body space how long has this journey been for you so far
1: um, for the mind and body as maybe like, I'm just going to guess five, six years where I kind of put the pieces together that this mm-hmm. is, um, this sort of quote unquote chronic illness that I have, um, is partly has to do with my emotional, um, well-being and also, um, how I show up in my life. And I think capitalism has a big part of that too. It's like very complicated and complex, um. So this idea that I'm only good enough if I'm always doing and going. Um, oh, I think you froze.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, you just froze too. So the last thing I heard from you was, um, oh, now we've lost our train of thought. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm like not great at like keeping on the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we we're talking about um, the emotional connection to the physical pain yes. and when that's for me. Yes, so I was it really like, was. yeah, five years ago. And now there's just so many parts to it. But like now I look at the brain as sort of like a programming. Um, and like sometimes pain is just like a program. Um, and pain can be starting with like, like one thing pain can start with is just thoughts. Like I hate myself um, mm-hmm. or um, what else? Like the pain can start. Um, with just being in um, fight or flight and overdrive. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm not really present. So all of a sudden, I'm like thinking about my to do lists, I'm on my phone, I'm rushing through my day, and that creates pain um, in the physical body, just not being able to be present with yourself. Um, So these are layers that I'm trying to undo. um, And also just how I live my life. So like, creating more boundaries, saying no more. And that means I get to say yes to myself. Um, And in order to do that, I had to slow down my life and to take a good look at it. And then you know, I started working less. And um, it's very complicated, but I'm a perfectionist. So I'm working on being an ex perfectionist. And instead, I want to be authentic. So you know, replacing these sort of personality traits I have with new ones. Um, in AA, in America, they call it um, personality defects, which could be a harsh word, but I mean, they feel like defects to me, like um, people-pleasing, um, perfectionism, um, anxiety as a lifestyle, and to be good enough, these kinds of things. So like peeling I back... That's,
0: yeah, I, was gonna say, I think that's a really big thing in the mind-body world. A lot of people who have these issues have them because they have these people-pleasing tendencies or these perfectionistic tendencies and these tendencies you know lead to you not treating yourself very well because you're so stressed and always on the go and trying to do everything right and
1: yeah Yeah, it's, it's, it's impossible to have a happy life living that way in my opinion and I think that's why you know so many people are unhappy or um depressed or anxious or what have you um so Yes, that's where my work is, um, and yeah, also like not just having to do all the time to be good enough. Like that's been a really hard one for me. But
0: oh, that it's okay to do nothing to put yeah. yourself first. Oh, that's so challenging for me too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the capitalist model, they it's kind of like we're programmed to sort of feel shame for that. Um, for like re- your- relaxing
0: only only as good as how productive you are sort of what's drilled into you from a very young age
1: yeah so I guess like my work is um undoing all the programming and then reprogramming um which is very challenging work but very meaningful work and um I think it takes a lot of work to be miserable and it takes a lot of work to be happy and I want to be happy so Mm. uh, I'll choose that um Mm. But I think in the last, since the pandemic hit, um, the final piece to, or it's probably not the final piece, but like another layer is like, we're talking about mind and body, but I, um, I realized that I also need to incorporate the soul. So mind, body, and soul healing.
0: And how have you been Uh, incorporating that?
1: Um, so yeah, it started, uh, during quarantine, uh, because, you know, my anxiety got so bad. I, um, I had to really face it. And, um, what happened? I guess my, I guess, like, if I'm being honest, my first realization of, um, having a lack of spirituality was I took, um, some psychedelics this past summer. Mm-hmm. I didn't, ex- I didn't expect to have a spiritual experience. Um, and also, to see my own ego and my mind and all the programming um, that's there. Um, and then also realizing that I am deeply connected to every single person, and not just people, but animals and nature, we're all really just one entity. Um, and so yeah, I guess psychedelics have helped me to sort of break away a lot of this conditioning. Um, and also, I um, you know, after the trips are over, it's just like you almost have a reboot in your mind. And my perception sort of changes, or I'm able to get out of my own way, um, and do the reprogramming more. Um, So that was like one, I think, big thing that happened uh, to me this year. And um, also just finding a book at the Salvation Army called uh, Total Relaxation. Mm -hmm. um, It's just like this $3 book, really random, but it I just changed my whole life, like just saying healing practices for the mind, body, and the spirit. So if you're feeling chronic pain or tension, there are a lot of areas to look, and one must look in the body, uh, the mind, and in the soul. And uh, I think like with psychedelics and such, and like diving into this, I realized I needed to comfort, you know, my um, subconscious or my soul with this idea of what happens after I die, like just these, like, you know, life and death are connected. And if we don't have any belief system, I think, you know, the fear and the anxiety can like, just be in our systems. If we don't have any.
0: It's really interesting that you say that because Sano um, used to talk a lot about how a really subtle thing underlying a lot of people's TMS is the fact that they're getting old and they're aging. People yeah. would be angry about that, so I think it's really fascinating that you that you say that.
1: Yeah, and I I'm also aging, and and especially I think especially for women, like um, a lot of our self-worth or like in the culture is like, you know, you have to be 24 years old and look 24 for the rest of your life. And they kind of throw old people. Um, so for me, like, I don't want that. So yeah, I've been, uh, I know psychedelics are not for everybody, but they've really helped me. Like on one trip, it just told me, they were like, I just had this feeling that death was safe and I understood that it was safe. Um, and that, and I'm also starting to believe in like um, reincarnation, and that perhaps we we don't just die when we die. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like addressing these things is really comforting, and it relieves like a layer of underlying stress that the subconscious holds. So it's like for me, my work is in the subconscious subconscious um, area, like my wild mind, the mind that is connected to nature. Um, that, you know, we can suppress with uh these crazy lifestyles and not being connected to our trust and our deeper knowing and our intuition. If we're not connected to those things, I think chronic pain is um is uh is more likely.
0: Yeah, I think chronic pain can sometimes be a bit of a wake-up call. I think a lot of people you speak to have who have been through this mind-body journey totally transformed their lives yeah
1: yeah i think the pain can be a gift um if you want to look at it that way that's how i look at it like without muscle tension dysphonia i would not be the singer that i am today or the i would not have reached this like spiritual awakening that i feel like i've experienced um i would not be as healthy as i am or as like emotionally connected to myself um there's just so many gifts that the pain has brought me. And then I just realized that you just need pain in life without it. Like we would be nothing. Like what would motivate us to do anything really? Um, there's I no was suff- going to
0: say there are actually, there's a condition where there are people who don't feel pain oh, and that's- it's that's- actually very unsafe not to feel pain because you can't tell when you are physically hurting yourself. You, you need pain.
1: Yeah, I think I've seen like a, a little show about that where they had to like keep her in a bubble because, um, you know, she you couldn't feel anything. Oh uh, yeah, any pain? Yeah, you
0: put your hand on that hot plate and it doesn't move because you don't even realize it's on there. Type thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So pain can be a gift, and like pain can really be like a pressure cooker, like for expansion and growth. And, um, I I wouldn't if I could go back. Like I don't think I would not have mtd if that would be a possibility like i feel like all my um chronic conditions have like um just changed me in all the most beautiful ways um, it's such a
0: beautiful sentiment actually
1: <laughs> yeah and it, it's really a choice like on how to look at pain and i and i've also been you know the chronically ill person who's been angry and um identify with their illness and in I guess, um, yeah, completely reject the illness and resist. Uh, And I did that for a long, long time, you know, just feeling sorry for myself, which is okay. Um, I understand how hard it is to be chronically in pain. But I think I just got to a point where it's like, I just can't live like this anymore. Like if I'm gonna be in pain all the time, I might as well try to be happy. Mm -hmm. And then by doing that, I actually, my pain has, a lot of the pain has gone away.
0: Yeah, by just embracing it and letting it move through you. I feel the same with my own condition. It was when I finally let go and thought, well, it's going to be, it's going to be, just be. And yeah.
1: Yeah, you can even like, some people will talk about their pain and say, oh, we've become friends. Like I've heard, I forget his name, but he had a cancer and he said him and his cancer were like best friends. And like just to look at your illness, like. Not out through a lens of fear and rejection and resistance, but to just let it all in and then and stop uh, emotionally um, be, being swept away by it and more so maybe the watcher of it all. And
0: yes, yes. And even yeah. uh, for me with my own condition, I like to think of it as sort of like it's become sort of like my own little guide. So the, the other day I was in a really stressful situation. And I was getting sort of like these pains down my arms. And I was like, this is telling me that I need to make a change. Like it's a, it was a really good, you know, a good thing to be able to listen to it.
1: I like how you said that because I've been actually like on my latest journey is to find my intuition and to trust myself. Um, mm-hmm. And I also get burning pain down my arms um, when I'm like, <laughs> when I become anxious and, yeah, the pain usually shows up in my shoulders and my arms in my neck. Um, and I get it all the time, actually, especially when I'm, like, uh, going, going and doing, which is a hard thing to, like, stop being that mm-hmm. way. And I think I'll, I'll take that on. Like, I think maybe uh, I can look at it like my body is trying to tell me something. <laughs> yeah. I think it's usually that- for me it's like, oh, there's something I'm not feeling. There's
0: something unfelt here, something I need to do in a way.
1: But Yeah.
0: It's yeah, just, just where heard- I'm at right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a circ you know, I do a lot of yoga and stuff. So we talk about this or they say, where do you feel the pain? And then like where does it show up in your body? And yeah, you just uh and I like that element of oh it's, you know, your intuition perhaps telling you stop. Um and that makes sense because usually when I'm feeling the pain I, I should probably stop what I'm doing. Mm. Oh you know, it's a journey. It
0: is a big one and it can take a long time.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it takes lifetimes. Um, and that's okay with me. Uh, I think at one point with my chronic pain, I was like, this is the day it will be all gone. You know, like I was always hoping for that and I get a lot of people reaching out to me. They're like, will I heal? Like, will it be, will, will I be okay? Um, and I just find that the answer is very complicated. Um, And I don't know all the answers too. like, um, I don't know it all. uh, But I I have been able to get a handle on my like voice condition, uh, condition. Um, And I've been able to get a handle on my mental health. And um, I'm working really hard just to love myself and take care of myself and listen to myself and slow down and stop. Um, And I still do have, you know, like burning pain sometimes, uh, some, you know, I get migraines, I have TMJ and such, but I think that's because life is hard sometimes. And that's where I'm at with it. Like I know how to manage it. I'm not afraid of it anymore. And maybe one day I won't have it
0: anymore. I don't know. (laughs) What sort of impact does it have on your life now, um, compared to a couple of years ago,
1: would you say? Um, well, in the past, I just felt hopeless, um, and afraid, and, um, no doctor could help me, so that's where I was, and I was just, uh, it was awful, yeah, so, and now I'm in a place where I know what the pain is, I'm not afraid anymore, um, and I can do, I actually never have stopped doing anything in my life that brings me joy you know like singing or teaching or anything um, but yeah I would say maybe the perception has changed just the way that I look at it all and mm-hmm. also I have like a great self-care routine that I do for myself um, and I just know my pain like I just know the ins and outs of it and um, but I'm only human, and I think the other day I started to get a clicking in my throat because I've been putting myself under so much pressure, um, and, I, and I was afraid. You know, like I was like, I wasn't sure this new pain, like is this a new pain coming in? And, and then, you know, like sometimes I just let myself be afraid too, and I, I hug myself and say I'm afraid, and I cry, and and then I move forward, and I try something else. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. That's so courageous. That takes such courage to be able to just be afraid and be open to that and to let it in.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's the balance that I do. Cause I don't want it to, um, push down any feelings anymore, or actually I need to know like what I'm feeling because I think we go so fast in our lives. Sometimes we don't even really know how we're feeling. And maybe we're angry, but like if you really sit with yourself and maybe do some journaling like I've been trying to do or just sit with yourself and ask yourself what's up, like you can uncover some crazy stuff. Like maybe you're not angry at all. Maybe you're you're sad about something or um, it's crazy what you can kind of hide from yourself. So like my work is uncovering it all and then sitting with it. And then, you know, there's the work of the reprogramming. So like um, to trade those sort of thoughts for some new thoughts um and yeah it's pretty it's a lot but it's awesome <laughs> it's better than um, it, not doing it
0: It comes back to those layers you're just slowly peeling back all of the layers of yourself and who you are and what what's really under there what's really going on and
1: yeah yeah and I guess like the it's unconditional self-love like so there's no conditions to my love anymore that's what I'm working at like I can be upset and angry and and just so pissed off at my chronic illness in my body and I can love that girl too like I don't have to be a certain way to love myself um and that's been a great um learning lesson this year too just to accept it all um what courage
0: that takes for me, I really struggled with uh, self-hate. That was something I struggled with for a, a long time. And even now I'm still working on on that, on the unconditional. But I'm learning that feelings are just feelings. Whatever you feel, just feel it. Like, it's okay. Just let them in. Yeah.
1: yeah, me too. Like, uh, I come from terrible mental health. Um, and, like, I really pride myself on coming so far. Um I still have you know feelings of self-hate as well um and then now when I see them I'm like oh wow like I went there and you can you can like feel it in your mind and body like that I hate myself um and then now I just sort of try to just hold myself and and then I stand up to myself too and I say I love you I love you I love you and (laughs) retrain retrain you know just like redirect redirect um but also honor you know like I'm not gonna say Oh Liz, you suck for doing that, you know, like, instead, I'll say, I understand why you hate yourself, or I understand why you're doing this. But this does not serve us anymore. Let's try something else. Yeah. So I guess it's just basically being like my own mother to myself. um, And what would
0: reparenting?
1: Yeah. And that's been like, for me, the most helpful, just treating myself like a small child. And I guess my latest like idea about my own pain is like, I think I want, I have like, a. I identify with my pain so much and I I have this new skin condition that's chronic and it's autoimmune. And I've become obsessed with like healing that. Like, so this idea Mm -hmm. of obsessing over healing and there's always something to fix with me, like in my reality. And uh, I question now, like, am I, creating my own pain. Like, that's where I'm at now. Uh, Because, you know, it keeps me occupied. I like, you know, I like come swooping in and saving the day. I like, you know, doing all the things and doing all the research. I like to heal myself. Um, And I guess my latest question to myself um, is, am I like, just creating like this pain? Because like, before I got muscle tension dysphonia, I had this chronic worry that I would hurt my voice. And it's almost like, in a sense, I've sort of created that reality. Um, So I'm kind of just like thinking about that lately. Um,
0: Yeah, I think there's a quote. uh, There's something I was reading and I think it was Dr. James Alexander. So he's a psychologist in Australia and he talks about how the pain will and symptoms will hang around as long as they serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, it's it's not a conscious decision. You don't consciously make that decision, but there's a deep purpose for it.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to get into my subconscious more because and also like your pain, like it makes me comfortable because I don't maybe I don't have to do the scary things because I'm in, you know, I'm chronically in pain. So like it's a it's a way for my body to keep me at home, like, you know, my fight or flight It's like my wild sort of self keeping me safe at home because, and I have an excuse. And like, I noticed that this could be the case because I started taking piano lessons Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: my back doesn't really hurt. Like, I mean, I have back problems like everybody, but not really like, and I sit down at the piano to practice and my back aches, like and my arms ache, like to the point where I have to get up and like, I can't even stand it it got to a point where like I was going to the doctor and like figuring out if I have, I don't know, lupus or something. And then, you know, my piano teacher had my arms in slings. Um, and we were like, really, she was just so worried about me. And I was like, Oh my God, I have like neurological pain now or something in my arms and hands and back. But then like, I started to notice that, um, when I'd sit at the piano to like just play a song I like my back doesn't hurt. (laughs) Um, so it's almost like the body – and because I had, you know, chronic – I had trauma as a child with piano lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting that my body is kind of creating – or maybe it's my intuition or something. I don't know. But it's creating pain because it doesn't want to do something is what yes. I'm up to.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that the sort of trauma there as a child as well would – there's a fear there, like at a deep level.
1: Yeah, and I realize the fear – is I don't believe that I can be a good piano player and do hard things. I've actually just pushed through that with my teacher um, because she's like blowing my mind. Like she she says things to me like, oh, don't be a baby. And like, and that actually helps me. I'm like, you're right, I am being a baby. And then I'm, <laughs> and I am like, get through this huge piece that was making me sweat and cry and like feel oh, so upset because I had so much resistance. And like, I had this like deep core belief that I could not do it. And then I did it. Um, so just, um, I don't know, I'm just always looking at all the, the physical pain and sort of making that like emotional and spiritual connection to it. Um, when and- we when,
0: when you talk about that, it's just so powerful, like thinking about the mind and the body and how it really is so connected. And so
1: yeah, and it also like, puts us into a place of power, like instead of like fear and lack, we're coming from like abundance and like, realizing that we have everything we need to heal. And we have all the answers deep inside of us. If we could just be still and do that work, we can heal ourselves completely. um, Because we're so we're powerful creators. You know, we've created our reality, even our all of our pain, I really think we're creators of everything
0: we are. Pain is just an opinion. It's your brain's opinion of how safe you are. There are so many stories now of people who have injuries and they don't suffer from any pain or people who have, you know, it's an opinion of what's going on in, in the, in your reality, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Like um, I'm, and I'm a very anxious person and I'm just always I love to think, think, think things to death. And my boyfriend is the complete opposite. And he's like also someone who's in chronic pain. He's had hip surgeries and people will never hear him talk about his pain ever. Um, and you know, like he's just the type of person that doesn't really think too much. He's just in the moments, you know, he's not ruminating over his pain and it's just interesting to see the different um, perspectives and the different ways people, um, cope with their pain or or look at it I guess
0: that is really interesting because how how just how diverse it can be yeah Yeah. I was definitely a ruminator
1: (laughs) oh yeah yeah I I mean I still am I think it's a hard thing to uh deprogram
0: (laughs) yeah I think when when I started sort of letting go of the pain and letting it just run its course and I had these moments for the first time that my brain was quiet. I was, I started to freak out. I was like, yeah. what do I think about? What am I supposed to be thinking about? What just, what did I ever think about before I had the pain?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like the monkey mind. Like, yeah, I haven't gotten that far. I think and well, it depends on the week, but yeah, I love to like talk to myself too. Like I'm always talking to myself, like having conversations with myself and, <laughs> I do so that too. Yeah, this idea like that perhaps yeah some of the work makes me a little sad maybe cuz it's my ego but like to stop doing that those kinds of things and just you know be more present you know. Um but yeah being present is a
0: challenge it makes you vulnerable just being here in the moment and letting it unfold
1: it's being vulnerable I think. Oh yeah for sure. Yeah, being able to sit with yourself, that's something that's very challenging for me, I think, for most people. Um, And also, yeah, the idea of relaxing and um, accepting, like, love and pleasure, things like that. Yeah, just being silent and present, that can be the hardest thing in the world um, to face ourselves. I think sitting with yourself
0: is true courage, is true bravery. Because a lot of people, we don't, we don't stop. And we have so many vices in today's world. We have the TV we can turn on. We have our social media we can scroll through. We have so much that to just sit with yourself is scary. And I think that takes true courage to be able to do that and learn how to do that. Because nobody really does that anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I wish it would be talked about and also given to people who are anxious instead of pills, like, because we can get so wound up, like, in our mind, body, and soul with, yeah, this the constant going and doing when you wake up in the morning, you grab your cell phone, you're on it right away, um, maybe you fall asleep watching TV, like, and if you don't sort of tend to the mind and take care of the mind, it can get so wound up and so fast, um, you know, where... Like someone like my mother is like constantly in the clouds because she's so anxious. I can't even have a conversation with her because her mind is off in like another galaxy. Um, So I wish and I hope that Western medicine can open up, you know, to these more complex things that like uh, make people anxious, you know. I think it's coming. I have this hope that it's coming.
0: (laughs) I just, I feel it, but they can't ignore it for much longer.
1: It is coming. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to do the work myself. Like I bought an alarm clock and like the rule is don't have the cell phone in the bedroom. And I bought a bunch of books uh, to start reading instead of being on the computer and on the phone all the time. And then like another big thing is like I'll wake up in the morning without the cell phone. And then I'll, I'll slouch into my body and I'll walk, I'll pretend like I'm a relaxed person. <laughs> and I'll like <laughs> kind of walk around relaxed because I'm not, I mean, my belief is I'm not very relaxed. I'm very fast. And so like, if you do that work, if you're very wound up and you go slow, you'll notice it's very challenging. Um, but you're programming your mind and body to be a relaxed person. And you have to be very intentional, I think, when you're doing that programming. And it can be done with. I my agree. Opinion. Yeah,
0: I yeah. think for me, when I went through this, I was in, I felt like I was in a chronic state of fight or flight for like, at least a decade that was my norm and when I first started slowing down and relaxing and when the sort of parasympathetic started kicking in it was really scary actually I was scared it was difficult these new feelings and sensations but if you go slow with yourself it it can be done but it's hard it's
1: very hard yeah yeah that's what I wanted to segue into yeah the whole um fight or flight thing. Um, I think is like, I think people with like fibromyalgia and, and, you know, our conditions and such, I think a lot of it has to do with the chronic state of fight or flight and um, being in this capitalist sort of society where that's kind of just what happens. Like instead of, and our, our minds are like these programs from, I don't know, like, you know, when we were cave people and having to face, you know, bears and such. So we're kind of programmed that way. But now like the modern bear is like your boss or um having to go on tour or um, having to have conversations these
0: sort of these really stressful, emotionally stressful situations that we actually can't escape. So you're sort of stuck with your boss all the time. You can't just walk out of that stressful meeting or you can't, you know, back in the cave days, you'd run away from that bear and then you'd be able to calm down but
1: yeah. But yeah, now it's just like, and and also our subconscious can't tell the difference. Like it it doesn't know that we're not fighting a bear. It just, all it knows is how we react emotionally. And then it kind of kicks us into the fight or flight because, um, it can only respond to, I think like our body language.
0: Yeah. the The neuroscience is pretty clear now that the brain processes like emotional stresses very similarly to physical stresses so it's you know it is the same when you are emotionally stressed like your brain reacts the fight or flight it reacts that way
1: yeah yeah and I've also been in the chronic fight or flight for I think I'm I'm still trying to get out of it I go in and out of it now um it's I just have a lot of fear um of life uh And like these last few weeks, I've been really like feeling very fearful and, you know, just noticing it. And it's cool because like when you're doing the healing work, you have like weeks or so of feeling great. And then you go back into it where you're not feeling good anymore. But like I try to flip it where I look at it in a positive light, like, oh, this is my chance to really watch like all of the like craziness that happens with me. Um, Like all of the fear and the anxiety and the fast pace going and doing, I can actually um, really watch myself do it all because like that's where I'm at.
0: (laughs) And sort of Um, how great is it that you have reached a point where you can see the difference now, where you can see those good weeks and.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see when I'm in and when I'm out. And I think I'm kind of in the fight or flight right now. I have a lot more migraines. I'm just holding my body very tight like somebody, you know, like. I feel like in my body, the way that someone would feel if they're hiding from a tiger, um, a very tense, um, hyper aware of negative things uh, mm-hmm. that will happen. Um, the breathing is shallow, my my voice is more raspy, um, and I know what it is, Like so it, it's just very cool to now. Uh, just be kind of like removed a little bit from it in a sense, like to understand what's happening to me and also have the tools, um, to, to get out of it. So, um,
0: what sort of tools, I guess that's a great question for our listeners. What sort of tools do you
1: use to get out of it? Um, let's see. So one is, uh, the cell phone boundaries. I go in and out of being able to do that. Um, and, com- and, um, movie bound you know like tv shows like i tend to like want to check out a lot in life um like anybody Mm -hmm. um so having those boundaries um when i can do it um an easier one that's an interesting one because my
0: i do the same my phone stays downstairs and i'm very selective with what i choose to watch on tv
1: yeah i'm i'm trying to get to that place but i if i'm being honest like that's like my dream but i haven't really gotten there (laughs) like i I still
0: have yeah, I still have my moments where I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just leave my phone in the bedroom tonight. You know? Yeah. Or it's like yeah. I get up and it's like the first thing I do in the morning is like, I gotta go to it. I just can't this morning. I'm not
1: strong enough yeah. this morning. It's an addiction. Yeah. So it's like just having that grace for yourself, like, oh, maybe I'm not ready for that yet and it's okay. Um, and but it's the thing Yeah, the things that I, I can do most days is I try in the morning to um, go very slow. Um, I try to stay off the social media and then I do some breath work, meditation um, right away. And then I usually like, I feel good doing yoga, like moving my body. Mm -hmm. Um, And another huge tool that's changing my life is journaling. Um, So when I get upset, I go to the journal and I ask why, like I talk to myself. Um, And then if I need, you know, I, I run two businesses, so I have a lot of like questions that I have to ask myself and I have to make lots of decisions. So I I journal about that now. And I try to come from a place of, instead of fear, uh, you know, I, I want to know, you know, calmness and slowness and I journal and I figure it out from that way intuition and trust instead of like anxiety and fear and like people pleasing. Um, so I do that and I have a massage machine, so I, I use that a lot. Um, showers help me a ton how to feel good just feel better um walking in nature like just getting out of the house that always makes me feel better Mm. doing less when I feel the pressure I take I just stop and then I look at what I'm doing to myself because I think usually when we're feeling severe pain and pressure we're doing it to ourselves or at least that's the case with me so then I just try to you know be the mother I swoop in and then I try to take everything off the table for myself, you know. Um, that
0: takes a lot of strength as well to be able to just stop when you are feeling stressed and when there's a lot going on.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the work, like doing the work, like this is how I've always operated and it's not working for me anymore. Like I've, I've become very sick from it. So like, how do I replace all those behaviors with new ones? Um, and I there's also... Fa- sorry to say there's this
0: famous saying and it's something like, If uh, you should meditate for half an hour every day, and if you don't have a half hour, you should meditate for an hour. So it's like the more busy you are, the more you need to stop.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's this idea. If you actually go slower through your life and do less, you're actually more productive um, and a happier person. Um, Yeah. So, and I also see like a therapist once a week. That's been so helpful. Like just to like talk about all my feelings and like have, you know, a professional sort of guide me like when I need the guidance. And um, I also, you know, the music industry is very stressful. So I have my best friend, I actually hired her to sit with me once a week for an hour so I can just talk about all the things and she can help me. Like, so I guess asking for help and coming from a place of abundance where like to see what I already have in my life and use it instead of like always looking out to what I want and don't have, I instead, I guess that's more of the reprogramming. I'm trying to, to realize that I have everything, everything comes from within, like not from the outside, which is very empowering. It's like thoughts that become beliefs that become reality. So that's why, you know, I'm always looking for those doctors that say I can heal. And like, just looking for that kind of like thought process and, and always checking myself too, and like watching myself um and reprogramming
0: <laughs> i'll ask this question you've sort of answered it before but i think it's really interesting for you in particular so how has this work influenced your singing and songwriting
1: um so in the singing the work uh i guess like as a singer song writer i think that's partly why I, like well i'm an emotional person so i've kind of went into the arts um And then like my um, connection with my body and mind is very strong. And I think it has to be to be a performer and a singer. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like really like all this work I'm doing, I guess, can translate into singing because um, in singing, you have to have great breath support. Uh, So I I guess I've sort of, I put it into all aspects of my life, this sort of retraining and healing thing that I'm doing and reprogramming. And with the singing, of course, I'm with a vocal coach and I've retrained like how I actually talk and how I sing. Um, So it's the best technique possible. Um, And I mean, I guess like when you're asking, I'm still trying to figure it out, I guess if I'm being honest, as far as how, how do I feel good in my songwriting and how do I write songs for myself instead of for other people? Um, And like maybe my ideas and my opinions actually matter and maybe like I am good, you know, good enough. Um, And I guess it's the idea that I've become sick actually in this field of music with um, the intense power singing all the time, with the doing, going, doing, going, with all the judgments, the competitions, the stress, the pain. Um of not feeling good enough. Um, I've actually turned it where I can actually heal myself, you know, with the work I talked about, I'm with you today, I'm actually channeling that all into um, my songwriting and my singing. Um, So I mean, I'm still working it out, there's a lot of like pain there. Um, And right now, you've kind of caught me at the time where I'm actually working on the business part of it. So. The songwriting, I'm, it's still, like, a pain in the butt, like, because I'm such a yeah. prof- But that's the work, you know, like, uh, writing the imperfect songs. You know, I just joined a songwriting workshop because intuitively I feel like maybe it's time for me to step back into writing again. But I do not want to write from a fear, um, people-pleasing place anymore. I know that. And so my intention is to write to please myself, um, which is terrifying uh, for me. Um, and to write imperfect music, which is also terrifying, um, and to uh, show myself vulnerably on like social media—that'll be the next step. To show—I mean, I'm so open, and I love to talk about everything. Like you, it's rare for me to uh, not want to go into like sort of deep, vulnerable places. But when it comes to actually my music, um, I have so many walls, <laughs> and I'm. <laughs> starting to become aware of it all. Like on Instagram, like you'll barely ever see me singing on there or talking about even teaching. Like I just won't go there. Um, and I won't jam with people. It's terrifying to me. I'm working through that now with my best friend. Like we've had many sessions where I'm just crying and I do not want to jam like over and over. Um, so I'm currently working through all that pain and I'm just sitting with it and I'm deciding that, I'm going to heal by, you know, doing the same work I've been doing, but I'm going at it a different way from a place of love instead of, uh, I guess, pressure. There's just been so much pressure. Hearing you say that,
0: just so moving, like the strength and the courage and the determination underlying all of that, Liz, it's just so beautiful, so moving. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes I just get
1: upset cause I'm like, oh, I'm always struggling through something. Like, what the hell? Like, can't I just, like, enjoy myself or, which I do, but it, the struggle is real and the journey is, like, intense. Um, but I guess I wouldn't have it any other way. And I love music and I want, I guess I just got to a place where music is not fun anymore, you know? And then mm. I guess that's another level of the pain. Like, and, and now it's showing me through the pain like what I actually need to heal and you know I need these things like authenticity and and to write crappy songs and to I just need to put myself out there and it's not easy to do that it could be easier just to um to quit I guess but I I got to a place where I just don't didn't didn't and don't know who I am musically like I know what my guitarist wants to do and I know what my other guitarist wants to do but like what what does Liz want to do like and I got to that place where I, I realized like I'd lost it all. Like I, I, I have no idea. And that's like where my work is now. And I'm sort of slowly stepping into that I'm pretty, it's terrifying and just doing it anyways. And because I think it's more terrifying to not even know who you are as a creator anymore. Like I just want to get back to that place and it's going to take being vulnerable and being exposed you're so strong and so brave and so courageous.
0: I just, yeah. Wow.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: I, look I out. I just- look out, world. Here comes Liz, really.
1: Yeah, I think we all have this inside of us, like this this immense power. And I think at the end of the day, maybe, maybe we're all afraid of our own power. I could not have that is that's yes, I I,
0: I agree with you <laughs> so much. When you really go in and look and free and we are, we're all squashing ourselves to fit into society's boxes. And I think actually if you just you just let yourself out, what's inside is so strong and powerful. But getting there and getting to that point, it's
1: terrifying. It is, yeah. But I I am getting there and I can like see like, you know, moments and weeks of like a feeling like I guess the feeling when I'm not in fight or flight is like, I feel like I'm on vacation or something (laughs) and it's weird. Like in everyday life, you know, feeling like you're on vacation, like, Oh, you'll just get to it when you get to it. And I'll just trust when I want to write songs again, it'll happen. Like I don't have to force myself or, Mm -hmm. you know, idea of going with the flow and uh, that's, that's what, where the power is. I think of just going with it all and embracing it all and, and just it's being, being a- your authentic self and being okay with that and this is like the work I'm doing and you have moments where you can tell it's working and it's just so glorious um but it's definitely a fight you know it's like climbing a mountain or at least that's how it feels for me right now it's exactly how
0: I would say it feels and has felt for me too <laughs> and it's sort of like there are just layers and layers and layers. And every time you get through another layer, there's something else there. And every time yeah. you get through that layer, there's something else there. And I think maybe that's just being human. Maybe we're all just on a journey and that's,
1: yeah, that's it's okay. Exciting. Yeah. If there's never anything to uncover, like it gets boring, I think. So like these, I think we were like built to sort of figure things out and, you know, work through things. Um, like one way that I like to explain, like my healing journey, or maybe it's like the endless mountain, but like at the beginning of the mountain, you're all like psyched. You're like, oh, this is great. Like, I know exactly what to do. It feels great. And then like somewhere along the line, you know, you've been maybe hiking for days and days and like you become delirious and weary. And then (laughs) you look back, but you've gone too far and you can't go back and you don't know what you're doing. And you just can't see you're blinded and you're just sort of going one foot in front of the other and just have faith and you know like that's how it feels sometimes it does
0: it's the that's the perfect metaphor for it actually you just feel like yeah weary
1: (laughs) yeah but like it's like I can't go back like that's how I feel like I'm just gonna I'm going for it um no you can't all right so I really really enjoyed this chat list thank you so
0: much for coming on i might turn to some concluding questions so i just have a few for you hopefully they'll be quick so what would you say to any listeners who are struggling with believing that mind body work could help them with whatever condition um, they're currently working with
1: i would say you have nothing to lose so i would say give it a try and you can always like decide that um it's not right you know And what I would do, if you're just curious, is you could start with something very easy. Like what I would say, or like maybe for me, at least the fundamentals would be try to meditate for five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day. And then after you do that journal for a few minutes and say, just journal to yourself and uh, say, hello, how are you? And, you know, see where those questions lead you um, as you're developing a relationship with yourself. I mean, I would just start there. Um, And I think just unpack, you know, I guess like what I'm saying is stop what you're doing and uh, start develop a relationship with yourself like in stillness.
0: Yeah, just such brilliant advice. I think the least that can happen if you decide to undertake this work is that you come out of this with a better knowledge of yourself and a better relationship to yourself and a sort of, Better mental health too, possibly.
1: Yeah, better relationship with your pain too, yeah. With everything, yeah. So
0: my next one, uh, if you could give listeners any advice at all in relation to their healing, so maybe something you wish you had heard early on, what would it be? Mm -hmm.
1: That's a good one. (sighs) I would say it's one thing is – one thing I would say is everything's going to be okay and you're not alone. Um, and I don't know if this is what, if it's right, but I would say if you can, I would go to tmswiki.org and do their free pain program. And I wish I had gotten that, I wish I had done that free pain program at the beginning of my journey, honestly. Yeah. And the free pain pain program is just about developing a relationship with your pain without fear. And that changed everything for me because we, sometimes we can't change our chronic pain, but we can change how we feel about it.
0: Yeah. And just letting it be there is So powerful, being able to stop ruminating about it and being afraid of it.
1: Yeah. And pushing it away and like denying it and yeah. Instead just allow it all. Yeah, it's, just, it's kind of relieving.
0: And the last one, which you have sort of already answered for me, uh, are there any top resources or sort of techniques that you would recommend to listeners?
1: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, of course, the TMSWiki.org. Um, that's a great one. Um, I always recommend it to everyone. Um, and also there's this podcast. Let me just find it real quick. Um, they do like one a month and I'm always – it's called Tell Me About Your Pain. Oh, yeah. I really enjoy that podcast. Uh, yeah, I love, I'm like such a loopy person. I don't know who it is. I think it's like a famous guy who does it. <laughs> um, it's the
0: um, Pain Psychology Center in America. It's run by, what's his name? It's like John's, uh, I don't
1: know.
0: <laughs> it's Alan, no, it's Alan and Alan, I think.
1: Okay, yeah, and they're two great. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Alan yeah. Gore. Um, yeah, I recommend that as a great resource. And then also just YouTube, like I, YouTube's just changed my life. Like if you have access to everything, you can do all your meditations, um, yoga with Adrian's great on there. You can look up like the other night I was under terrible pressure. And then I just ran to my laptop and I typed in on Google or YouTube. How do I get myself? How do I stop putting pressure on myself? And I watched, you know, like a video and it, it really helped me. And, um, I would say, yeah, just like researching, on the internet, like you can go down all these wormholes and like really figure out your situations and get the help you need for free. Um, so I would just be, my advice is just to be a researcher and an advocate of yourself and just, I don't know, go on YouTube and Google all of the things and just learn. You know, you what, you know, you know yourself the best, you know what you need the best.
0: And once you learn to listen to your intuition, it gets easier, I think.
1: Yeah, and learn about your pain, and like learn about like anxiety and like how anxiety works, and depression and how that works, and it's just really cool. Like once you know all of these things, you can really make changes.
0: Yes, you can, and I think the the key
1: message there from you is is that
0: the power really is in is in your hands. Yeah, yeah, I like hearing that. <laughs> it is you us. Are- To everybody out there, this is what I would say. You are so strong and you are so powerful. You just don't, you might not even, you know, you might not know it yet, just how strong you are because
1: we all are. Yeah, I agree. We all know the answers deep down. We all know it. We just have to do some digging. All right. Well, thank you so much, Liz. I've enjoyed
0: this tremendously. Um, Yeah, thank you for your time. And thank you for being so open and honest and brave and
1: yeah thank you I could talk about this stuff forever all right